Welcome back to the X-Files podcast by LSG Media. I'm Dean. I'm Josh. And on this week's episode, we bring you Season 1, Episode 18, Miracle Man. When you are inspired by the power of the Lord and His Spirit, you act, man. You do not hesitate. And that's what we're doing tonight. We're talking about Miracle Man, baby. And you know, in the live chat before... We were listening to a little Dusty Springfield, right? A little son of a preacher man. And I said to you, this song is appropriate in the obvious way, and then maybe in the less obvious way. And it's like this, Josh. Here's what I'm going to say today. Can you keep up with me? Are you good? I know you're tired. I'm taking notes. All right. As we go. You won't have to take many. But for this, you know, son of a preacher man, it's not the best song on the planet. That's okay. But it's a real easy listen. It's easy to listen to. Miracle Man is by far not the best X-Files episode you're going to watch, but it's just easy to watch. I didn't struggle, right? I just kind of kicked my feet up and enjoyed the ride. I sipped my drink. I went, ha, 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 that's cool, right? (laughs) And then it ended, and I was like, yeah, that's it. Two minutes and 26 seconds for Son of a Preacher Man, 40-some-odd minutes for X-Files, And uh, that's the parallel I'm drawing outside of the obvious one. So that's my opening impressions for Miracle Man. It's easy. It's not quite easy like Sunday morning, although that would also be apropos, kind of. Um, (laughs) But it's pretty easy to watch. I guess that's what I'm getting around to trying to tell you. You know, I got to come right back at you and say, I'm not sure I'm on board with that (laughs) that take, man. This was... uh, a little bit. I mean, I think at the end of the day, we're going to come. We're going to come down in a similar place. But I had a lot of highs and lows in this one. Nice. You know, I wasn't in cruise control, man. I was. Uh, I was racing and banking through those curves. Yeah. Had some. Uh, yeah. Had to do some uh, pumping the brakes. There's some stuff here that, man, I, I kind of feel like there's a there's a borderline great episode somewhere in here. And there's some goofy stuff, and I th- I think when you boil it down and you come back down to it, you can just you can just sit back through this one and enjoy it because at the end of the day, it's a fun X Files episode. But there's some shit I really like, and there's a couple things that are like, yeah. There's um, yeah. there's definitely a couple of fumbles, you know. Mm. If you were to there's equate a- this to a New England Patriots performance, even in a victory. Belichick's going to be unhappy with a couple of slip-ups, a couple of basic fundamentals. This is definitely a first quarter of the season kind of Pats game. Right. It's a win, but it's you know, it, kind of like, eh, is yeah. what we need to work on. September, October kind of game. Yeah. A lot of fundamentals. Uh, we're on to shapes. What are some of your overall things that you struggled with? Because I'm curious as to if they're going to be similar to the things I struggled with. Well, I have to say at the end of it, probably the biggest one is that, and I don't know that it should matter as much, but I had a hard time with the motivations <laughs> of what comes up with our villain. All right. All right so you Burn stay, victim you Roy st- Orbison. You don't talk a, another second, okay? I'm okay. going to l- take a picture of my notebook, okay? <laughs> and I'm literally going to, with the episode in the background, all right, I just take a shot of it. 
I'm going to text it to you. This is live, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> I'm going to text it to you right now. Make sure you have the atomic clock on. I know, I know, right? Josh, there we go. Josh, okay. Fucking photos, bang on the yellow pad, shooting it over to you right now. I want you to pick it up in live, Josh, on the air. I want you to tell the good people what it says as soon as it loads, because my phone sucks balls downstairs. Um, but once it comes through, you can go back to it. But but go ahead, talk about what you were talking about. Continue on your motivation for bad guy stuff. Well, in a way, there thematically, there's a lot of things I like. Big picture in this episode. You know that I'm a big fan of when the X-Files deals with Faith, especially revolving Scully. Mm-hmm. That's one of my favorite parts of her character, the, the dichotomy of her as a, as a woman of faith, but also as a scientist and a doctor. You know, I always enjoy that. I always enjoy how that comes out with her character. Mm-hmm. And I also enjoy episodes where it ends up at the end of the day, the quote-unquote, the X-File you know, the, the mysterious thing isn't really the thing in question, but it's still there on the periphery, right? At the end of the day, this episode is about a guy who is, you know, murdering people and trying to pin the blame on somebody else. Right. Right. But Uh, on a bunch of somebody's in a sense, (laughs) on a good number, he's trying to take down the whole ministry. You'd say, he is, yeah, but you know, ultimately, there, there is the X file is Samuel, right? Sure, but Samuel's not the antagonist. Samuel is just kind of a interesting subject of the episode. So there's a lot of that I like, but when it comes down to it, like it just didn't really pan out for me. That all right? So you you brought this guy back from the dead, um, and he's cursed to walk the earth as burned up Roy Orbison, or as was pointed out in a comment, kind of looking a little bit like the Invisible Man, mm, the original sure. black and white, uh, minus the the wraps, everything other than that. Um, but it just like okay, so you you dedicate your entire life to this cause, and then then you do this really really elaborate fraud. Like this whole thing, man, is a lot of work, a lot of work on right. his part, right? And like, dude, you've you've dedicated your entire life since you've been brought back to the dead from this. Did you lose faith at a point? If it was just miserable being like a burned up dude the whole time, like how could you? I don't know. That whole that whole element didn't pan out to me. Um, I and I guess that's probably my biggest problem. There's a couple little things I can mention as we come across, but uh, there's a lot of shit in this episode I like. You know, for yeah, sure. Yeah. There's, I don't know. Uh, I'm also a little bit of a coin flip on, on the the Mulder's sister involvement, the Samantha piece. Yep. I think that's kind of uh, maybe you you mentioned a couple episodes. Are you talking back about, about the vampire girl that he sees occasionally? <laughs> yes, the young, the young, uh, the young Claudia. Yeah, that's uh, kind of goofy. Um, it, it felt a little bit shoehorned in, much as how a couple episodes back you talked about Deep Throat. Mm-hmm. being kind of shoehorned in. Yeah. So, it's, uh, yeah, I, I find myself aligned with your gripes. The bad guy has no motivation worth speaking of. Um, once this image actually sends from my phone in the basement, you'll probably see what my yellow pad says. <laughs> Still waiting for it. Yeah. It's going to take a hundred fucking years. Cause you know, I want it to send now and it doesn't make me want to smash my phone with a hammer. I swear. <laughs> um, but 
Yeah, there's a motivation problem with a bad guy. And um, Mulder Sisters thing was kind of dumb. But there's something, there's a, there's, I, I like the premise, I guess, of the X-File being wrapped up in this ministry. I like that a ministry is the center of, is the subject that we're dealing with. And I like when you bring biblical things into the X-Files because I, I find it a fascinating topic because if you, in my opinion, if you, if you want to, if the show wants to suggest that there is extraterrestrial life and supernatural things such as werewolves and chupacabras and vampires and ghosts and, and aliens and, and alien bounty hunters and things of this nature, then if you want to maintain your logical consistency, you kind of have to allow for the fact that there could be some unexplainable things that exist as a result of spirituality, which is one of the interesting um, contradictions of the Mulder character, which is his, adhere, his, his, not now, but as the show goes on, his abhorrence of faith which is hilarious because yeah. he'll tell you. I don't you, believe in literally anything except for religion. <laughs> right, right. It's really goofy. It's weird, right? Like you believe, you you don't believe that some guy came back from the dead, but you do believe that a man turned into an animal and attacked people. Like it's, you're, you're you, I don't understand the logical framework here. Yeah. And, it, but it does, it, in a way, it's that perfect, it's almost a mirror dichotomy to Scully, right? Sure. And and it's also it's a great setup, man. And I I find myself at times oddly being I don't want to call it a, an apologist, but in a lot of especially sci-fi, all right, and the X Files, and there's a whole thing. It's very easy to shit on religion, and I certainly have I have some mixed feelings about sure. religion, um, but I think it's just it's all too easy to just use religion as a punching bag. And I think the episode does a really cool job of setting it up to be like, oh boy, this whole dog and pony show, this whole, you know, uh, what do they call the charismatic, um, and not literally in D and D terms, but like the charismatic, uh, faith thing, you know, the faith healing and the, the revival and the tent kind of tent church and the spiritual healing and all this and making it seem ridiculous. And the preacher is so over the top and you're like, okay, this is some kind of crazy sham. And at the end of the day, it's not right. really like they say what you want about them, but ultimately the priest truly believes. And perhaps we even are led to believe that Samuel truly was gifted, whether it's by God or by something was, you know, gifted with the power of healing. And ultimately this, this organization, this wonky fucking church revival thing is literally in its own mind, doing it for the good that it says it's doing it for. Mm -hmm. And, you know, for a half dozen Cadillacs in a fucking mansion, sure. (laughs) There's, Mm -hmm. it's not, it's not, you know, like it doesn't glorify them, which is cool too. But I like that. It really sets it up to be like a, Oh, look at this fucking, look at this thing. And then, no, it ends up not, that's not the perpetrator. It's kind of an, an obvious bait and switch, but it's well executed. Yeah, you know, um, I, I, I would not, I, I would probably, I have a lot of mixed feelings on, on spirituality. My feelings on things like organized religion are, are pretty set, but 
I, I find that it is very easy. And, and you know, this isn't, <laughs> I guess I'm giving you this, I'm guessing giving you this preamble because you people will know I don't have any allegiance to Western faith, but it's very, it's very common to, to uh, make it look hilarious on the part of Western faith. You know, when you start getting into faiths of the Middle East and things of this nature, it's, there's a little bit more kid gloves and stuff outside of showing people like, you know, with suicide bombs on their chest and shit. But, but you don't, it's, it's rare that you'll see American television, especially from this time period, making a joke about, you know, like Islam or Judaism or something. The joke is usually on like this kind of evangelical thing, probably because it's kind of funny, right? It's, it is a big sales pitch and that's, what's kind of cool about it. But like you said, there's an, there's a there's almost an innocence to it in that we believe that Hartley believes we also know that he's going to benefit from from his preaching, um, which is kind of interesting about the character. Like we know he has the Cadillacs, we know he lives in wealth, we know he's a preacher, and we know he benefits from Samuel's presence. But we also know he cares for Samuel. We also know that he, for all intents and purposes, seems to believe what he is talking about, and. Um, and despite dressing it up and hamming it up and knowing how to put on a show and selling something, um, there was something about the Hartley character that I kind of dug. And that was that he wasn't like, yeah, Samuel comes along, he adopts this kid, and he kind of just is fortunate in that this kid can heal, and suddenly his congregation, or, or ministry, I guess you would say properly, if you want to use proper terms here, grows to the point where it, it brings him into this wealth. And in he believes, wow, like imagine, imagine you're a preacher. And he even says it later in the episode, imagine you're this guy and you find this kid who can literally lay on hands and heal people. And you have the opportunity because it's going to be hard for him to create a following. That's not really his suit. He doesn't have the charisma. He doesn't have the, the pizzazz. And you create this tent and you literally heal people. I mean, right up until Van starts murdering them all, but you are traveling around literally healing people and truly believing that your ministry through Samuel is helping. And he never made it seem like this is all about me. He was like, this is crazy, guys. Here he is, you know? And there was something, most of these Jimmy Swagger types, it's all about them. It was never like they're going to put the attention on some other guests, right? It was So it's kind of, yeah. there's something kind of interesting about that whole thing in my very he, long-winded explanation. That's great, though. It's a great point. Like, even the fucking hats, right? Sure. <laughs> The, the sure. old Samuel heels, the the big placards, the those signs outside. It's it's all Samuel's face, which is not what you usually see with these. Correct, yeah, as you said, Jimmy Swagger types. Hang on, uh, I got a text. Let me take a look. At oh, this you here. finally <laughs> fucking got it. You probably got it ten times. I see a uh, I see a <laughs> yellow legal legal rule um, legal rules, <laughs> and. Uh, couple three four five circles around the word motivation yeah with some stars around it yeah and i didn't know i didn't know what to think about the motivation because come on josh let's be honest can we bring it down a second real quick i'm going to lower the register of my voice to make this very serious for people listening you know vance is getting his pole sucked a little bit right come on What's he so mad about? You told me he ain't getting his pole sucked a little. The Margarets yeah. of the world rolling in, right? In their wheelchairs <laughs> for a little extra healing. The fuck out of here. What's he, what's he so miserable about? 
maybe he's just not he's not good at you know. He looks like the Undertaker's manager. Maybe I don't know what it is. He's like a vampire. This guy. He. I mean, for he sure, looks he looks fucking, like Roy Orbison. He looks awesome. He does. Doesn't Can't he? get away from that. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just keep going back to it. Somebody. Uh, I was like one of the first things in the chat. Molly. Uh, Molly Mitchell Party. Creepiest shit burn victim. Roy Orbison. <laughs> Roy Orbison. Yikes. Yeah. Spot on. Sickly woman. I can heal your shit. Fuck yeah. Him. I mean, I. I get it. Like it for sure sucks to be a burn victim. You know, he sucks fine. to sucks to like sucks to live with physical disabilities. You know, dude. I yeah. I I know a quadruple amputee. For sure that sucks. But like, if you don't want to be alive, don't blame the fucking medic that you know <laughs> kept you alive. Maybe blame the guy that set off the bomb. Blame you know like sure. the situation that got you burned. Right. So, yeah, yeah. And then, but it's not just that. It's not just that he becomes embittered. It's that he hatches this, like, insanely in-depth, I'm going to order 100,000 crickets. Right, <laughs> right, right. It's goofy. At sciencelab.com. It's goofy as fuck, dude. Yeah. But but it's can a- I say, here's one of the strong points about this episode. Hmm? The X-Files does a good job of invoking theme, and mood by way of the way they shoot their episodes or where they or or the locales. But they do tend to sometimes feel like a lot of the same thing, right? And that's just the limitations of a TV, of a TV show. That's not to say they're bad or, or boring, not at all. But one of the things I will say about this episode, and I'll bring it back to Genderbender, is that you really feel like you're at this place. And you really feel like I mean, I just the way you see the tent set up, the way they're walking in, the faces of the people in the ministry, this, this, these moments in the graveyard where Vance and his men advance on them in this real Call of Cthulhu-looking spot. You really feel this place, man. I, I felt like I was in the ministry. I felt like George, George Gerties, he plays Reverend Calvin Hartley, was fucking great, man. The the, yeah. the performances in this episode. Scott Barstow plays Sam Hartley. He's great. The Very per- good. They're really good, man. Hartley's totally believable. Samuel's totally believable. Leonard Vance, played by Dennis Lipscomb, I think. He has this real fucking menace, quiet menace about him. And yeah, I think I like the sheriff too. Yeah, dude. Yeah. It's good. Yeah. It's acted well and you feel, man, when you're down, you feel like you almost feel like, wow, I'm, I'm, I'm a fly on a wall in this. They really put you in the ministry tent. I mean, Dude, quite it, literally it, with the cameras, but you, you, it doesn't feel artificial or like a set. You feel like, wow, I'm here, man. This is fucking wild. And, and we'll talk about it, and we should just jump right into it. But man, For sure. that, there's one sequence in particular, which everything you just said is resounding in my head, where the one in the tent where... Mulder is trying to chase what he thinks oh he saw God, of his chaos. sister. And, uh, and he, all those shots are like kind of, you're in the crowd and there's like, there's some weird angle shots. And it's mm-hmm. that one is like, you are fucking right in there. Yeah. And that's, yeah, it's awesome, man. It's cool. Yeah. I definitely feel it. It isn't like, okay, cool woods, cool fog, cool, you know, backlit silhouette shots. That shit's awesome. Don't get me wrong. But it was, but it, you think how are we going to make you feel the ministry? Like how are we going to how are you going to feel it? And I'll tell you, man, they packed a bunch of extras into that tent, and they all look like they could use a little healing of their faces. 
Yeah. Could use a little face healing. They were all pretty normal looking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which made it look maybe even a little bit more. hundred uh, percent. Believable. hundred percent. So this, Didn't look like Hollywood extras. No, man, not at all. Yeah, absolutely not. They look like local residents. Yeah, Rise up and to, heal the power. Cut to 2018 and just replace those Samuel heels with some MAGA hats and you got yourself <laughs> the same shot. <laughs> there you go, man. Well, uh, we get the accident scene. The kid raises him up from death. Burn hand grabs Sammy's hand. We open the credits. We go to Scully offering up the case, which is typically reserved for Mulder. I liked that. Yep. Now... I understand that Mulder would probably know the facts of his case, but he kind of annoyed me. I don't mean the writing. I was just like, oh, shut up. Just Can <laughs> like she just liter- give it to you for a change? <laughs> Literally like mo- know-it-all Mulder yeah. kind of status. Oh, yeah. God. So annoying. The woman on the table has a malignant tumor. The boy attempts to heal her via laying on hands, right? We see the, the video, Calvin Hartley, Samuel's his adopted son, found the boy in the weeds of Mississippi, I guess we're told. <laughs> Some biblical <laughs> shit right there. Hell yeah. In the weeds of the Nile. I mean, the Mississippi. Yeah, exactly. Hartley, right. And that quote from Exodus is referring to the to, to Egypt, but they he doesn't finish it later when he's talking about plagues. So there's another reference. But um, Hartley claims that Samuel brought a man back from the dead, right? Yep. And then uh, miracle work. And, and he's been he's been playing uh, band leader for them. He kind of mentions that right off the bat. Sure. Here, so sure. Past ten years, and of course, Kenwood County Sheriff disagrees, calls him a scam. But they've been unable to lock them down. That and is, uh, not- in and of itself, an interesting premise because a small town sheriff can put a lot of hurt on you. They got a lot of power where they are, especially in the South. Um, in the South, sheriffs have a lot. It, it, you know, our criminal justice system is really weird. I, I, I did this research for our, uh, our little RPG game, which was, you know, sheriffs in Massachusetts are typically reserved for corrections, right? Sheriffs in the yeah. South are like big shot law enforcement guys. They're like the state police, basically. But one thing that's very interesting, and I don't have to get too much into it, but sheriff is also an elected position. Correct. So, yep. yeah, you you wield a ton of power, but if you're talking about being in a community that is, you know, in, kind of in the thrall of this guy, and you're an elected official, and you are fighting that power... You're you're kind of fighting your power base, absolutely. Yeah, in a way. That's that's. Uh, it's funny you said that. I was getting around to that. You took the words out of my mouth. You bastard. Sorry. That's okay. No, no, <laughs> that's a good observation. And that's kind of what I was getting at. This idea that a small town powerful sheriff can't go after him on account of losing, uh, of not of of the concern of how this guy's potential sway could hurt him. It's awesome, man. Because. Usually they're the law in this town, and they got everybody. Everybody loves a sheriff. He's a good old boy. Takes care of them all. And, well, we don't want you interfering with the likes of Hartley and his boy Samuel, because they're bringing us all kinds of healing magic. Right? I like it. Anyway, he's struggling. Um, so we learn about this Lucy Kelly who has cancer, and the doctor says it's not probably incurable. What the doctors cannot cure, the Lord can. He's good, man. Mm. Yeah. But that woman uh, dies 20 minutes later. Shit, dude. And Kenwood was like... Tennessee. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Kenwood's like, "Uh, can you guys come on in here? (laughs) Good move, by the way. If if you're you're worried that your voting base is going to de-elect you or or not, what am I trying to say? Re-elect you for your sheriff's position... Get in the fucking dirty federal government and pretend like, oh, yeah, here they are. Sorry, guys. These bastards. 
going after our beloved preacher. <laughs> That's some fucking deep spy shit right there. But um, Skulder, Skulder, Scully and Mulder attend a tent ministry. Drink. 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 The sheriff is there, and uh, she waits in the van like a good woman. Yeah, this is weird. Yeah. It's, a, it's we'll, an intrigue. We'll it's that. an intrigue. Like, whoa. She did. Yeah, well. With her fucking we'll hook c- hands. <laughs> Gnarled up like bitter roots. We'll come back to that later. But that is, that's another thing where I think they could have, uh, they could have dropped like just a couple, like literally two more well-written lines in and given that whole situation a little bit more weight. I like that they leave it a little bit vague and her tears at the end. That's a pretty, that's pretty cool. Um, and normally I'm not one for like, hey, show me more, tell me more. But I think it was just like a touch too vague. Yeah. Well, Josh, they say it's a sin to cast off such a meaty bone. <laughs> and here we are. In the midst of the ministry tent, hoping, oh, Josh, yeah. hoping that we get the power of God to come down and cure our ailments through the boy Fortunately, Samuel. Samuel cannot be here today. Oh, what? But he will be back in two days. I know. And he will heal you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so good. Yep. Awesome. Mulder and Scully just sitting. Like, just sitting in that tent is so like... You know, here's the situation too, and I'm shocked you didn't bring this up in the intro. You know, we talk about our, uh, sometimes our X-Files blender. <laughs> and um, there's an episode that comes up later with a little bit of a of a faith, faith man and uh, starring my man, Arlie Ermey. Right. In a later season. And for a second, when we talked about like, oh, Miracle Man next week, and I was like, is that? No, no, no. That's a later one. But hmm. it's funny you say that because I think I, I can, I blended them up a little bit as well because I seem to remember this ministry having like fields around it. Is that the Arlie Emery one? Yes, it is. All right. Sir. See, I knew. I was like, I thought there was going to be big open fields and there's still a tent though, right? Yes. Yep. Okay. Literally a tent. God yep. damn it. See? That's a real good one. Yeah, awesome. Yep. So Rainmaker, I think. Uh, right, Rainmaker. But I think um, that's the name of it. Yeah, great shots of the extras, not actors. Harsh looking motherfuckers in the crowd, right? Praying yeah. for new faces. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, right, sadly he won't be here. Come back in two days, and um, that's it. He'll be healed, but only if you believe, Josh. Only if you believe. But they're going to have a little discussion with the good Reverend Hartley outside. They ask of Samuel. He claims not to know where he is. And dude, the shot of Vance standing behind him oh, in a, dude, with a profile shot is a great shot, dude. Could that be any more like devil on your shoulder shot? Yeah. It's great. And how he's just, he's not even interacting with the agents. He's just it. like, we really, we really have to go, Reverend. <laughs> oh, it's good. And I'm sorry, I got to correct myself. Not ranking. I'm thinking that's a whole different one. It was uh, Revelations is the one with Arlie and me. Okay, got it. But yeah, this whole thing, and they roll right out very quick, hop in the caddy, and they're rolling. And at first, you're like, who's this fucking weirdo with the goddamn hat? Is that his driver? But he gets in the back like with him. And you're like a boss, he gets in the back. <laughs> yeah. God damn it, though. The lieutenant to the dawn there. I will say this, though. He does shut his own door, so... Mm. He's not top of the food chain, but he's go- he's up there. 
You only got so many minions. I figured he was some sort of like spell casting bodyguard or some shit. <laughs> but off they Talk go. Talk about uh, <laughs> Sheriff Daniels. What do you think about this guy? He rules, dude. Yeah. Yeah. He introduced himself, right? Uh, this is one of the things I like about him instantly is how cooperative he is instantly, unlike every other small town sheriff they encounter. Which is and will come to be a nice switch. Correct. Yeah. Because we know on... why. We know why. Yep. But yeah, he's like, here's the autopsy report you requested. So I was like, oh, awesome. She starts reading it immediately because she's a nerd. And um, his attitude immediately suggests he's not a fan of Harley. And I like it, you know? And he's just, he's got a quiet confidence about him. He's got a way about him that is, um, there's a there's like this quiet strength to him. And you can tell he's kind of been in this conflict a while. He says he's known I, him for many years. Even beyond a quiet strength, almost a quiet danger. Mm. You know, they, there's something, you know, they they lay it out here. I'm not sure if you bite on it immediately as the audience, but... There's something borderline menacing about him. And that will that will definitely come out more as it goes. But it, you can look at it first as like he's tough, he's confident, he has his convictions. But then that really twists to something much more where he doesn't it's just have the his actor, convictions. Right? It's RD call. Yeah, that's he's how good, he man. is, man. He just has that kind of wide predatory look about him. He's got a wide face and those deep set, piercing blue eyes. He's got a predatory look to him. Yep. It's awesome. He has a line here I fucking love. 99% of the people in this world are fools, and the rest of us are in great danger of contagion. I wrote that one down too, my friend. <laughs> I like uh-huh. it. So Daniel's convinced that Samuel killed the people through his touch, right? He says he has witnesses. But no real evidence. Correct. Because no real autopsies have been performed because they were blocked on religious grounds. Uh-huh. Isn't that interesting? He, no problem. We're the FBI. We dig up bodies like it's going out of style. Yeah, we do. I do like the piece <laughs> about how he called um, Hartley a soapbox preacher, right? He knows mm-hmm. that his success can be attributed to the boy. All that money could be used for better things as far as he's concerned. Yeah, not going to the schools, roads, whatever. Whatever, yeah. He mentioned some shit. <laughs> my, uh, my coffers, my law enforcement coffers. But Scully wonders why no autopsy, of course. They answer that. And then um, the coroner is a member of the ministry. This is the shit I like. This is one of the things I love about the idea of cults as bad guys. That right there. The coroner is a member of the ministry. And the coroner is so dedicated to the ministry that the sheriff is distinctly aware that he won't perform the autopsy at all. (laughs) Like he just stonewalls him. He probably told Hartley or whoever or the parents of the deceased how to go about making sure this didn't happen by some obscure law that he probably has to deal with every day. This brings you right back to the pilot. Right. Right. I mean, that that, that thing you're talking about, the cult, you know, it's not literally a cult, but no. just that, that element of a small town where, you know, a, a few people in the right positions can kind of just do whatever the Log fuck jam you want. Yeah, that yeah. too, that too. In, in, in the pilot, it's very similar how autopsies hadn't been performed. And then, you know, you see it you see it all the time in X-Files, though. When they go to these small towns and, like, a few of these people, right, if it's Dehan Duverlitz, right, and it's an actual satanic cult. But you see these things, and it's awesome when you 
we plop our agents into this into this web, right. and especially where we're plopping them in, and they have bingo, they have an ally right off the bat. Correct. They have an ally in the form of the role that is so frequently obstructionist to them, the the local law. Right. That is now like that's the one on their side, and I, I really like how they flip that as the episode goes along. Yep. It's a, it's a very it, 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 in the way they set up immediately, he immediately hands over reports that normally are, you got to pry them from their cold, dead hands in other episodes. It's awesome. Yep. Well, and we get back to something I love. Ah, the exhumation. Is that the right word? Just, just fucking X-Files. Mulder and Scully I in love a cemetery scene. at night with backhoes and... <laughs> And the work lights and dude, the silhouette shots of them coming through the by in, in the in the um, gravestones, the lights in the hat. There's something about Vance's hat that's just awesome, especially when he's walking did, towards you at night with a posse with him. Did that remind you a bit of Gender Bender? Yeah, dude. <laughs> right? Hell yeah. Right. The uh, the what do they call them? The kindred. The kindred coming out of the, coming out of the darkness with their candles. <sighs> I like it. They're I, here to. Stop some sacrilege. The, the nervousness of of the sheriff, not not nervous, but concerned that this slipped out. I told my people to keep quiet. It wouldn't happen. But, you know, the, the sheriff, you, when he speaks, you get this feeling sometimes like, and maybe that's what I wanted to say, and, I, and I'll say it better now than I did then when I said he, you can feel the, the length of this conflict on him. You can almost feel like the embatterment, like as he's... His own guys are kind of running their mouths in the corn or in this guy. And it's almost like this ministry is spreading its influence. And and it doesn't seem to be doing nefarious things. It seems to be doing things that are in alignment with its faith, with which just comes into conflict with what the sheriff wants. And that's why that's why the episode on a whole has a compelling factor to me, is those little conflicts right there. You know, Vance's motivation aside, the idea of that. It's not obvious that, you know, they're not mutilating cattle and whisking children away in the night. They're fucking trying to cure people. And, um, well, Vance isn't. But in, in just the, the, the conflict of ideology here with the sheriff is just awesome. Yeah, I like that a lot. And, uh, and it's, it's, uh, it's creepy as hell, that's for sure. Dude. People coming out of the darkness with, uh, this with candles yeah. and with that dude at the forefront. Yeesh. Yikes. <laughs> Grave digging and defiling corpses is a mortal sin, I believe he says. The, her family will not go for this or whatever yeah, he says. Yeah. He's like, and the sheriff's like looking at his notes. He's like, she didn't have any surviving family. He's oh. like, we are her family. <laughs> I love it. Oh, boy. I love it. Mulder, Scully, and James are like, yeah, we're going to go. <laughs> <laughs> it gets a little dicey when, when the law of man is beneath the law of God. And if they believe you're in breach of that and there's a bunch of them and it gets a little squirrely, you're like, man, I don't know if the laws are going to protect me right now. (laughs) (laughs) I like that tension. I've always liked that tension in in this type of conflict. Yeah, absolutely. cool. And this leads us right into our, our first uh, real introduction to Samuel. Yep. Yep. Dude, I like this kid. He's great. I like him a lot. Good actor. Again, that's a strong part of this entire episode are all these performances. Yeah. You can't say that yeah, on you, all of them, can you? No, you can't. In fact, there are some X-Files episodes you go, well, wow, this is a, this is a like on paper, awesome, but it's just not executed as well. And this one's almost maybe the opposite of all. 
especially if you spend too much time thinking about Vance's actual character, right? Outside of how cool it looks as a menacing, just creepy, mysterious man. Um, it, and, and it has to, because it re- really relies on these characters. Sure. Mulder and Scully are obviously our, our main characters, as always, but this episode really relies on these performances. Like, these are crucial, not just crucial parts of the story, but they're crucial characters to to make us care about this story. Yeah. Like if Samuel, if that actor portraying him isn't good, then we don't buy into his whole spiel. Likewise with a reverend and with a sheriff. Like it's really important that these guys do a good performance to, to make us care about this, this whole thing and to make us feel this little flip where initially we're probably mostly suspicious of the ministry and then it, we come to be a little bit more suspicious of perhaps the law enforcement and whatever else is going on in the background, and obviously eventually Vance. But um, yeah, it's good here. So we find Samuel in, uh, in a little dive bar, <laughs> just got into a little bit of a scrap, and uh, he's uh, lighting up. Uh, I don't know what it is. I, I want to picture his Chesterfield. <laughs> Seems like a Chesterfield kind of guy, <laughs> sucking down a Chesterfield in a ooh, cold Bud Light. I love the idea of them. Uh, first of all, a couple things I like about this. Samuel is a person of interest. I like how we have two cruisers in a federal agent's car roll up with their lights on, but no sirens. I like that. They kind of want to. They kind of want to take him unawares. They don't want to scare him away, right? Yep. Like you see sometimes when they blast them sirens, they're trying to. They're hoping that the guy. Well, a couple of reasons they were trying to get through traffic, but a lot of times they're hoping that it's a situation where they, the guy doesn't continue murdering people and he knows that the jig is up and he has to take off or something. But this is like, we're, we're going to serve, a, not really serve a warrant because they don't have him, but he's a person of interest and they want to snag him. And I like that. And, and, you know, it's cool that they enter the bar and there's people picking up chairs and he's just, we don't have to see the fight. We don't have to see any of that conflict. We just see the way he handles himself after the fact which is another, in my opinion, a bit of a script flipper. You don't imagine that the way Hartley describes Samuel, that you're going to see this kid banged up and smoking and drunk. That's awesome. That's something I didn't expect on the first time I watched. I was like, oh, cool. This kid's different. I like him. You know, I like his swagger. It's kind of interesting. Yeah. And especially not, and not portraying it as, oh, he's this this holy man is drinking, you know, hammered in a bar, nope. starting fights. It's not that he's, you know, right off the bat a fraud. It's that he is so dejected. Sure. He's so, when, when, uh, the sheriff starts talking to him and he says, uh, Sammy, we've been looking for you. You know, uh, unfortunately we're going to bring you in here to arrest you. And Sam says for murder. And he's like for suspicion of murder. Yeah. Mind if I finish my beer? And then, obviously, it is great once Mulder and Scully get into this conversation with him. Mm. And <clears throat> I want to bring up a line that was uh, mentioned in uh, in a listener comment by... Boop, 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 boop. Um, fuck. Where is it? God damn it. Um, mentioned in a listener comment by Eliza. <laughs> Eliza M. Um uh, I've always liked this episode for many reasons. Josh stated in last week's ep- preview. Obviously, I'm just reading this because she mentioned me. Namely, that the show's always done a good job of handling Scully's religious faith and Mulder's lack of it as aspects of the characters. 
I don't question the power of God, just the veracity of your claims. That's one of the great underappreciated Jillian Anderson line deliveries, in my opinion. Right. Um, dude, that is a hundred percent. That stood out to me so much. When I took the notes, I like star star. When when he says that, like, because she is as a woman of faith, she's there and Mulder is the much more kind of sympathetic character to him in this in this little impromptu not interrogation, but questioning. And, you know, he talks about God and, and how he obviously has been, uh, he has muddied his river with sin. And, you know, that is how now he's paying the price and he's going off on all these very biblical kind of tangents and, uh, talking about faith and skull. He's like, Oh, and, and did God also buy you all those, all that jewelry? And he kind of snaps at her about, you doubt the power of God, and she's so fast in that response, and it's so spot on for Scully to be like, "No, no, I don't, I don't, I don't question God. I question the veracity of your claims." Sure, that's a good one. It's great, it's a good one. Yeah, there's a there's a lot going on here. There's a lot. This is very thought provoking discussion between these characters, uh, and of course, a great comment pointed out by Eliza. It it is, man. It is this. It's a very complicated situation, isn't it, right? Because there's part of me, and, and this is just a philosophical notion to entertain. It doesn't require an entire discussion because I think it would go on too long. But I always wonder, you know, if 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 doctors save lives, we believe doctors should make great money and be able to take care of their family and, and live comfortably because they save lives, et cetera. I, I, I almost believe that and, and, and I know somebody's going to point out scripture that says, no, you're supposed to be poor. Something Jesus said somewhere, I'm sure. But then there's also part of me that thinks if you are like somebody delivering people from sin are, and you truly believe this, is it so bad if those people live luxuriously as well? Like I wonder, I've always thought like, why is it a, why is it not virtuous for that person to live that way if they're literally delivering people from eternal damnation? I mean, we, we, we pay a doctor because he wants to fix your fucking wounds. That's great, especially in the temporal world. But to deliver your immortal sin from hell with the help of the shepherd that's here speaking God's word, shouldn't that person be taken care of too? Like, I, that's just a random thought, I thought. Not that I'm saying <laughs> Scully's point doesn't make sense because what she's talking about is the veracity of just your claims and, and you know how it means so much to her to say and how she snaps at it so quick and how Mulder's more sympathetic with him. That setup is just fucking cool because it shows you what it means to Scully, right? And that's something we've always talked about, how important her faith is to her and how she does just not appreciate this charlatan shit. And it's awesome. And it makes me think that Mulder's probably more sympathetic because he's probably leaning more towards, I don't believe this shit. It's probably just a weird X-File. So it doesn't offend my sensibilities as much. Do you know what I'm saying? A hundred percent. Yeah, dude. Yeah, it, and they're, you're literally... You're dealing with a religious situation, and that, in a way, offends Scully, but it's a religious situation which they kind of think is bullshit, which Mulder's like, all right, cool. This is in my wheelhouse. Dude, right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, yeah you, you nailed it. That's really cool. Fucking crazy. It's, it's a nice way to look at it. And we also see this is the first <laughs> time we we get a little bit of a sinister look, because the sheriff says something here Ooh. where he says it's it's not a question of the boy's guilt. That's how he did it. Just how we did it. Like that, mm. dude, that's not something a law enforcement officer <laughs> should ever fucking. <laughs> how many of them think it, I wonder. <laughs> yeah. Dude, but can I can I just throw something at you to to grapple with for just a second? 
Yeah, please. Imagine what this kid is going through. This is this is the inner storyteller in me coming out. I'm, I'm, let's think about this character's motivation for just a minute. It's so bananas to think that you were healing people once upon a time. Truly, you were healing people. And now you have touched people that have died. And you believe deeply in God. And you have a deep faith about you. And the idea of God turning his back on you must be ultimately the most devastating thing you can imagine. There's no earthly feeling that could ever compare with that for this kid. Man, that's fucking heavy. Yeah. Shit. Dude, it's so biblical. Right, right. It is. is. It is, man. And to find him, you know, uh, in the in the house of this of, of sin, sure, right? sure. To find the holy man in the house of sin, um, that goes back to a lot of parable kind of shit. Sure. But you're right; like this is the last place you expect to see a a, a true believer. But he is so dejected, right? And, and he's throwing himself deeper into sin because he's he's lost all all hope. He's lost all hope and faith in in, in anything, right? And he's just ready to do anything just turn himself in so and he will continue on that path through this episode right right absolutely uh he sees Mulder's pain man this is awesome too he has sight beyond sight like lion over the thundercats (laughs) (laughs) and he kind of looks at him he says i he's at one point i think he says in this scene doesn't he he can literally see cancer and sickness yep god damn that's heavy what a burden that would be but yeah. this takes me back to Clyde Bruckman's, well, not back to, but you know what I'm saying. We talked about it, but it's not in the, <laughs> whatever. You'll hear it soon, soonish. <laughs> but um, in, in the future. In the future, this burden of Clyde Bruckman, this kid kind of has it too, that to be able to see that. And he goes right in on Mulder and, you know, I don't know if you want to call this fortune teller shit. I, I'm, because, because I believe he probably did heal people in the past. Maybe not, maybe, maybe not. I know, I know Scully doesn't think so, but. And then it suddenly switched in and of itself in X-File, right? We can talk about that later, but he, an old pain that's never quite healed. And do you notice how Scully's like, let's get out of here? She, she's done at this point. Yeah. And I don't know how much of it is her being sick of him. Or spooked. And how, or, sp- or, or spooked. Worried about Mulder or, going bananas. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Like, because Mulder buys into this so fucking fast. Mm-hmm. And it could have he, been a lucky guess. It could have been a coincidental guess on his part. He, yeah. I mean, this is literally that, oh, someone in here is, has recently lost someone close to them mm. that in a very unexpected fashion. Yeah, who, who is it? Is, is there a person in here? Is there a person sure, in here that's sure, lost sure. some, you know, that kind it's, of shit? It, it's like the horoscope thing. Right, right. Uh, if if you want to believe it, it's there. But granted, it's a, it is a lot more specific, and especially if you if you are of the belief or the opinion that the visions that he sees are tied to uh, Samuel, then then obviously it, it it is tied to his gift. But it it also that's another thing where it is kind of tough. Like I really like. That he keys in and that that sets Mulder down this path of like, wait, maybe he really does have a gift because Mulder is always like self-absorbed and and emotive, like emotionally driven and whatever. 
but like the the vision thing, like I, hey, I get it, man. If you have like you know, if you're a cleric, you know, you're a cleric and do all kinds of shit, <laughs> you know, in D and D terms. But you know, it, it's always been talked about powers of healing with Samuel, and now like he's now he's giving visions, Insight. like yeah, it, it doesn't. Like maybe it doesn't make sense. Maybe we're kind of like forcing a little bit more. Like we just kind of want to like shoehorn some mythology in there to make it make it more emotionally impactful for our main characters. It could be, yeah, it could be. Uh, and, that, and that's something I think I have a little bit of a hard time with. Part of me was wondering. You know, I, I thought about this that when when we get to the scene later with him in the tent again, there are these moments where he's like walking up and putting his hands on people's faces and looking deeply at them, and I'm wondering what what's taking place right here? Like, what is he doing? It's not like he just walks out and lays on hands. There's an interaction that occurs. And I wonder if that's this, I, I see what the pain is and I'm going to go after it directly. With you, I know it's depression. With you, I know it's your 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 your, your sister's suicide. With you, it's, it's your fucking kidney stones. With you, it's your crippling MS. With you, you know, I wonder, I wonder what he's doing there. If he's just hamming it up. I don't know. And that's one of the, things about the character that's actually kind of interesting is that. And, you know, he says strangers, a bright light. That could have been police and fucking police lights. It could have been, you know, there's five different things it could have been. We we know that what Mulder's thinking, at least we think we do, because we know it's probably aliens and a fucking white light from a spaceship. And that's what we end up learning, right? But that a, a bright light and strangers could have been a flashlight in neighbors. It could have been... You know what I mean? It is kind of vague, which is what yeah. I like about it. And that's where actually just kind of on the on the side conversation, a thing that's hard for me when we're talking about X-Files is that I mix up when different parts of the mythology and the backstory are introduced, you know, because I see. I've seen it all so much. So I'm like, I don't, I don't remember how much of Samantha's backstory. I mean, right in the pilot, the fact that she disappeared and, you know, he went through hypnosis like that. That it gets introduced right off the bat. But mm. I, I always have a hard time remembering. Like, okay, like how much has this been talked about at this point in the series when we're when we're in a particular episode? But I, I just had a I just had a thought. Maybe maybe it's maybe maybe if we go back to what I was saying about this, he can see the you know he's healing what he sees, and maybe maybe him seeing Mulder's pain for his sister wasn't necessarily insight on the sister, just insight on the pain it's causing Mulder, and thus he would know how to take away that pain, right? But he can't take away the pain, or he won't. Right, because he because of the terrible shit happening right now, right? The, because the he thinks, yeah, he's tainted. Right, and the thing I really like about that is I feel like that could have stopped. I, I think you could have taken out the little vampire girl and, and just have this upsetting Mulder. Enough yeah. to wear it, and like we don't need to see the kid, do we? No, as much as like, as much as that that sequence in the in the revival tent, you know, cinem- cinematically, I I really like it. I like how it's shot. I think it's really cool. Um, it could have been though, che- like a fleeting skirt outside the tent. Uh, yeah, you know, yeah. it could have been I don't very like, subtle. I don't like how obvious it is, and then right. like literally seeing a picture of his sister and right. Yeah, could, it could have been a fleeting skirt. He goes outside and it's somebody's little girl, and he he realizes like this has fucking got me all fucked up. Like I'm yeah, thinking crazy yeah. shit here. Instead, they wanted to really smash it over the head. I guess. Yeah, it might be a little early fox sauce. She looks a little goofy too. I mean, 
I don't want to be smirched the kid who's not a kid anymore and hopefully still alive because you know how that goes sometimes. <laughs> She's a fucking creepy looking little kid. They make her real yeah. creepy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I said, she got a little Claudia in her. Yeah. But take should us have, to the courthouse. I will. You should come here earlier, by the way. I could have healed you, but not anymore. So Samuel's having, a, I guess you would call this a bail hearing, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. And um, he is What's not cre- doing himself any favors, is he? He's literally arguing more against his own case than uh, than the prosecutor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The DA is like, yeah, we don't have any reason to, you know, we need to hold him. We'll, you know, recommend we set bail at, what they say, 10000 or 100000 I think 100. Um, peanuts. 100. Peanuts for Hartley. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Guess you're not getting new wing on the old Hartley house there, but that's it. He's really hammering um, down though, Samuel. Let me go and it will be on your head. God has testified against me, right? Yeah. Going bananas. And then the fucking locust. Dude, awesome. By the way, the judge's name is Hamish. (laughs) That's awesome. Hamish. Hamish Purdy. That's some Salem witch trial shit right there. shit, right? How about this this whole sequence? It's quick, right? Yeah, The, Yeah. The locust doesn't take long in screen time. Dude, they used actual crickets and locusts. Yeah, you can see them in some shots. Yeah, and like I, I, uh, I got, I got some notes as I often do from our, uh, our little behind the scenes production man, BP nine thousand, old Benji, ben, <laughs> old Benji Prue, um, and they, there was like a lot of problems with this, like all these fucking, you know, you had whatever a hundred extras in there, and I guess like when locusts land on you, like they have the shit on their feet and it would stain the clothes, so they kept having to change the extras clothes. No shit, and like. Yeah. <laughs> and and obviously it's grossing everybody out and they'd be like, you know, more of them on the floor, like they'd be stepping on them in between takes and of course. it was a fucking real scene. <laughs> so you can only imagine how great how how much of a Lord's blessing it was for Vance to pull this off in one take. Hell yeah, right? <laughs> for all those crickets and locusts to just fly in there. Good move, Vance. Timed. Oof. Guy's a regular insect tamer. Yeah. Sheriff yeah, don't like it. Uh, Sheriff narrows his eyes at this nonsense. Yeah. Mm. And this is where Mulder says the following, Josh. For they covered the face of the whole earth so that the land was darkened. And they did eat every herb of the land and all the fruit of the trees which the hail had left. And what he left out was, and there remained not any green thing in the trees or in the herbs of the field through all the land of Egypt. Scully says, uh, a couple thousand well, locusts. In the yeah, dude, bro. <laughs> a couple thousand does not constitute a plague. Just so you know. We're in the Midwest. There's 10,000 acres of corn right there. Infestation, pretty common. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, here you have Mulder reading from the Bible to Scully. Mm. Just think about yeah, that. Yeah, that's a great point. <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> that's something. And then, Have you uh, ever read this one, Scully? Called Rob? Yes, Mulder. I've read that one too. I've read them all. <laughs> <laughs> but have you read this? And he starts dropping medical cases. Dude. Samuel's touch, indeed, right? Some legit shit here, mm, apparently. Yeah. Yeah. This is the X-File, right? Goes beyond the dozens of cases he's seen of faith healing in the X-Files. Dozens. He, he thinks it's legit. <laughs> mm-hmm. He is completely bought into Samuel. Right. And 
man, the thing about Mulder we always bring up is how much of it all comes down to the personal shit. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. He is he is never so rarely is he objective. True. How much of his his certainty in Samuel's belief? Like, yes, he has called upon evidence. He's backed up these, you know, backed up his case that Samuel's legit. But is he is he so willing to do so? Is he so willing to make the extra effort and to believe it and to push for it and dig for it because of the shit that he told him about his sister? Right? It's it always comes down to the personal shit for Mulder. Yeah, for sure. It's always it, it's it, there is there are moments of objectivity from Mulder, but a lot of his hunches are are just that, and he follows them to the ends of the earth. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, yes. There, there's a lot of times we've talked about him as a as a great investigator, and um, but there's he, a lot he, of times he, where he's like, hmm. right. And, and often what sets him, it, it's, it's often the inspiration, I guess, that sets him down these paths, um, which at times he backs up with actual investigation sure. or facts or sure. anything like that. But, you know, his motivations are, are so often inspired by these very gut instincts. And in this case, it's, you know, and we'll see it here in, in a couple scenes in the in the hospital when, when Scully kind of confronts him on it. But... They're talking about electromagnetic fields in, right in, now. in the hospital. Uh, well, we're not there yet. Oh, okay, but but right now, uh, after Mulder brings up all these cases, they're talking about electromagnetic fields. Right, and right, if, right. If if that's a way of how Samuel can can heal or kill through that, and about the last person, you know, I think the audience would expect to knock on their door hmm. shows up and knocks on their door. Yeah, you know, there's a there's a before you push onto Vance, let me just say this. I am I am really I really wished I could look at script notes here. Because Mulder theorizes that Sammy can heal or kill if he decides, right? So he can cure or cause light wounds, Josh. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe even moderate. Maybe even moderate, yeah. Well, not he can he's this guy's up there. He can do just touch you and kill you. But Scully asks why Samuel would kill. And Mulder starts to answer, and he says something about his faith before he's interrupted by Evan. I want to know what Mulder was thinking. We never know. That's a good point. I didn't even catch that. Ah, I wish we knew. Like Mulder was going to give an answer for that? It seems so. Let me tell you. I'll, I'll tell you. He might have heard that. That means, hold on, let me back it up. Why Say that Samuel's touch can kill, she says. Why would he want to? Well, you heard him, Scully. He muddied the river of his own faith. That means he's knock on the door. Fuck. Hmm. Son hmm. of a bitch. God damn you, Vance. Creepy. Interesting. Bastard. But yeah, Dan- Danny, um, Danny, I'm sorry. I'm just saying hi to Danny Fowles in the chat. Hello. Hola. <laughs> Vance, not Danny. Um, showing up here. This is really where our perspective on some of these actors comes to take a change. Sure, Hartley, for sure. They, right, because they go to Hartley's mansion. So I like it's still <laughs> not like, it's not a 100% shift. It's not like a, oh, we are, com- you know, we completely misunderstood. Like, Hartley is just the best. It's like, no, he's in this huge fucking mansion, and he's like sitting behind this rich mahogany desk. Um, but he comes off, Pretty genuine. Sure. 
He apologizes sincerely for his rude behavior. He says uh, he needs their help. And he says Samuel is innocent. He calls his son complicated. He feels things like no one else. And I like this right here. He says his power comes from his ability to feel. People fear that power and they seek to destroy it. Mm. He's concerned for his son. He's concerned for his son. And he seems genuine. You know, he doesn't, it would have been easy to make Hartley more villainous by saying, you know, all, 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 everything I have is because of that boy. If I lose that boy, I lose everything. You, you know, he, they could have written that garbage. Yep. But it's not. He's we, saying, I feel for, I've, I've been with this kid. This is my son. I, I pulled him up out of the Mississippi weeds, man. <laughs> pulled him right out of the Mississippi tumblers. Which is just much more interesting. Yeah. Yeah. If he's just like a, a cartoonish, you know, yeah, it's, dumb. it's dumb, you don't care, like, all right, they're all bad guys. It's like, all right, well, like, he's clearly, you know, maybe abusing his power. He's gotten all this money from the from the flock, as it were. Sure. But he seems to genuinely care, and if, if Samuel's genuinely healing, then is he doing the quote-unquote Lord's work? Indeed. Uh, hey, real quick, I had to Google Jessica Hahn. Oh, really? Did you know who that was immediately? No, I did not. Well, it's mentioned here, right? They talk about uh, Mulder's distraction, uh, distracted by the young girl, and there's, I think Scully mentions like oh, Jessica that, Han, Hahn. The, yeah, she was. She's. I, she was a model. I mean, I don't know much more about her. She was a model that accused uh, a huge televangelist of rape. Oh, cool. Which one? Uh, Jim Baker. Oh, fuck. That's crazy. Yeah. So, kind of. Awesome. I didn't, that's a really good connection. Yeah. Yeah. But you kind of got to be uh, a little dated. Yeah. A little dated. That's definitely before my time. <laughs> it's a good Whatever. one, though. Um, but yeah, all of this. And now Mulder once again gets one of these visions. As, yep. as we get deeper into this conversation, Mulder gets this vision of this girl in the red dress, a little cloddy outside. <laughs> I want runs some out, more. You're fucking wiping blood outside. off her face. <laughs> Samuel's fucking ripping butts up in the East Wing. Yeah, he don't give upstairs. a shit, dude. I'll burn this place no. down. He's a rebel now. <laughs> <laughs> dude, the, the groundskeeper? Ain't no little girls around here, I swear to God, man. Just out of that basement. <laughs> this fucking guy. No, no, no. Not, nothing down there. Keep on walking, mister. But uh, his wife suffers from most painful arthritis. Her fingers are twisted like bitter roots. Yeah. A bitter a root. Godless man. He's a godless man. Yep. And uh, So here, again, I mentioned this before, but I think maybe I'm wrong. Maybe there's enough of it. But this whole, you know, I think a much more interesting conflict is between the sheriff and the reverend. Sure. Like like Vance, Vance is kind of just a weird pipe that's like the thrown into it. Like it's just we talked about it in the beginning. The motivation is just weird. It's not there. And they we already have this conflict, and we're gonna come to see that it leads to fucking Samuel's death. That has nothing to do with Vance. Yeah, that's intense, by the way. So the fact that like you just mix Vance up with this and it doesn't make sense. Like it's it's much more interesting to me. And I think if you're gonna make this not in X-File as the cause of the deaths, then maybe make it more about about Vance. Yeah. I'm sorry, about not about Vance. Yeah, about, Hartley. Um, Sheriff Hartley. 
Sheriff so Sheriff he, Daniels. Sheriff, yeah, Hart, uh, right? Sheriff Hartley. No, Hart, Hartley's the preacher. Oh, Jesus Christ. Daniels, yes, I'm sorry. That's okay. Sheriff Daniels, um, make it about him. Make it about, and maybe give us a little bit more about the wife. Like maybe, dude, like maybe she wasn't that sick and he used to be a believer. He used to be in the church and he, he took her and, and Samuel laid hands on her and then she got way fucking worse. Mm. And, and now he has this vendetta against, you know, instead of like this, there's a kind of cool unspoken thing where it's like, okay, he never took his wife to this this man, Samuel, that maybe could have healed her and her crying at the end when she realizes that maybe Samuel's gift was real un- despite what her husband had always told her. Like, that's that's kind of interesting, but it's so much in the fucking, you have to look for it. Yeah, you have to, like, you also have to look for the sheriff's motivation to want to actually murder this kid. Yeah. It's a, that's a stretch from hell, dude. It's, just it's, kinda, it's, it's wild, but it's a, it's a stretch. Yeah, I kind of think just keep Vance in there as a creepy background character and make make the sheriff the straight up fucking villain. Sure, and make it about make it about something that happened to his wife in the past. Yeah, you could you, know? you could use Vance as almost like a heavy who's got like a you know a weird sway over people, or or he can he's a, he's a roadblock. He keeps getting in their way for certain things, and yeah, make him a red herring. I guess yeah, basically yeah, for sure. So, but no, no, we uh, we get Vance. Vance doing the old greeting act, handing out those fucking sodas. Yeah, this is so. There's a couple of there's a couple of things that I, I struggle with logistically. Number one is, well, we've mentioned plenty already. I don't even know what number one, but I don't understand how the poison is distributed. What level assassin is he? Twenty. That can administer a fucking poison. <laughs> I don't know how he does it. Timing to coincide. With the laying on of hands. You know, it sucks, man. You have two really intriguing and mysterious characters that act as our, our antagonists in this episode. And had they reworked them a little, they could have been classic all-time villains. I mean, just the way Vance kind of looks and, and the presence he has around this this black shadow amongst these this ministry. Man, he could have been one of those you always remembered, right? And in the same with the sheriff, like you got drunken bikers to murder somebody in his cell. You, what, how did you convince someone to do that? Yeah, that doesn't make any sense. But isn't it more interesting to make Vance is straight up menacing? So isn't it more interesting to make him not the bad guy? To make him? Yeah, perhaps what know, I'm trying to say is less revealed about him, right? Yeah, more of a mysterious yeah. character. Yeah. But, but uh, yeah, we're setting up, man. Samuel's fucking, he's on bail. He's out on bail, and he's hes back in the show, baby. Yep. Uh, with some convincing. Yeah. The Reverend, old, and then- Old Margaret Holman shows up. Yeah. Poor Margie. Poor Margie. Poor Maggie. Yeah. Not going to go off from you. Here's the special Diet Coke. Yeah. Have a sip of that cyanide, young lady. It'll make you- <laughs> It'll heal you up with a nice case of death. Hey, also weird. Um, I've been to church, a, a, you know, a good number of times. Nobody's ever handed me a cup of soda when I walked in. Because mm-hmm. for sure it's not water. Because you can't really poison water. Because <laughs> it's pretty obvious it doesn't taste exactly like water. I think you can kind of poison soda. Oh, yeah. If you use the right poison. 
You we know, know what you I mean? can poison Kool Aid for sure. And tang, but nobody ever. Uh, nobody handed me a Kool Aid either. Mm. I guess I've never been to a never been to a tent ministry, have you? No, I haven't. Well, I haven't. Fair enough. In walks so they give her the old. I don't know if she's imbibing. Cyanide works rapidly. Yeah. So I, yeah. I, the, the, one of the problems I have here is is this: the poison delivery is really nonsensical to me. I don't know how he does it. It's it's really hand waved in the name of this menacing, creepy guy. I mean, it almost would have made more sense if he was like under his breath, like as is what's his name healed and he was like cursing people to die or some shit you know what i mean <laughs> i don't understand how he delivers the cyanide though dude well i mean the only possible thought is that it's in the sodas but that doesn't like yeah yeah i mean there's no other i mean i think that's what we're supposed to believe i guess yeah it makes sense right and certain people get a little uh couple drops and a couple people uh, don't couple through three boom yeah well it's a miracle josh yeah. Yeah, well, God is here tonight. He is. But unfortunately, so is Vance. So Maggie's going to die. Right. And uh, God is here tonight. Oh, the way he says it. He's awesome, this guy. Yeah. And I like, I, I do, the only part of, if you like Vance as the villain, which I don't, but the only cool thing is that he, what he says to convince Samuel to go out, you know, talking about his. Sure. You know, show Don't show forsake your, your gift, right? And 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 how we do actually get to, they do show him uh, up on stage, right? That that they use him as to kind of to preach to these people no, in sure. his own very non charismatic way. But hmm. I mean, they they make a little bit of effort here. But it, again, obviously, it doesn't it won't all add up in the end. But they get Samuel out there, and obviously, he's going to come across Maggie, who immediately goes into some kind of arrest, and then. Uh, Fortunately, there's a medical doctor in the house, and she walks up to her mid-arrest, and uh, then two seconds later, she loses a pulse, and Scully says she's dead. And uh, and then the fucking the AMA fairy comes down and rips up her fucking doctor license <laughs> for not performing CPR. None of that stuff. No life-saving because measures. Because she declared somebody dead the second they lost the pulse. <laughs> Where's Dr. Dan? Our listener, Dr. He's Dan? He must be this. flipping his shit. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, not good. So that's uh, that's pretty quick. Well. It's an awkward tent. Awkward tent I guess that. if God wants you dead, they'll say it that way. All of those Southern preachers. God. Yeah, it's that it's that it's that melodic sequence. If God It's awesome. Mm. She's dead. Okay. Carry on with your tent tent stuff. It's a fun time. Uh so from the chat, Aaron Fallon, fun fact, Dean, the very comparable supernatural the show oh, yeah. version of this app, that is how they kill the people. I think with, what you were just talking about there with, with the gobbledygook. Oh, with a yes. Humor, they humor cast memory, dark humor, magics. Humor. That's fucking rad. Yeah. Nice. Well, Vance is going to run interference again. Yeah, sure. Why not? If you desecrate the body, then you slay the soul. Let's keep this woman's body intact. This is, this is what Vance should have been doing the whole episode. Well, he is, but maybe only this. But but here it, it's just kind of wonky because uh, I don't know like what's his motivation? Is he trying to? 
He doesn't want them to know to, that poison was used. But he does. Or, or well, does he? I don't know. Like, no, no, no. Because remember, guess, he's trying to finger the the. He's trying to <laughs> finger. He's trying to finger the ministry, <laughs> not necessarily Samuel. He wants the ministry he, to crumble. But he's trying to get him convicted in a court of law for laying his hands and spiritually killing somebody? No, no. I think like, he's trying to have the ministry lose faith in the kid's ability so it disassembles naturally. Uh, okay. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, I mean— Because I, I don't think right. he's literally trying to convict him in a court of law, which is why I think I, I think he probably knows if cyanide, and then they start poking around for that kind of shit, then I really think he's hoping, like, this kid's reputation kills the whole the whole thing. Which is again like such a yeah, convoluted yeah. fucking way to go about this. Convoluted, dude. <laughs> no question about it. But I think that's yeah. his only motivation that okay. I can make All sense. Right. Of. That's why he's trying to cover the tracks. Right, is right. because poisoning will point will point back to something that they can actually investigate, which will point back to him. Mm-hmm. And he wants it to be on the boys' gifts. And, and if and if and if patterns to date suggest that they're going to keep going in one direction based on Samuel's meltdown, Vance is probably like, "Shit, this pit fucking guy's going to off himself." I mean, at this rate, he's just shouting in the courtroom about how he needs to go to jail and how God's against him and all this shit, right? Yeah, I'm sure. <clears throat> but um, Holman, the, Holman, Mister Holman grants permission, right? Um, yeah, but, but before the, that, there's this kind of cool conversation, right, with um, with Scully and Mulder. This is um, this is all highlight of the episode for me. Yeah. I mean, we we don't have to get deep into Let's it. Let's do but it. Just Scully's conversation with the father, first of all. He's and great, then, that guy. He's he's very good. And what Scully says to him, and then what Scully talks about with Mulder. I mean, she's so fucking on point here with both of them. Do you think he did? I mean, she asks him that point blank. Yeah. No. Because God never lets the devil steal the show. It's fucking solid. It's a great line, dude. <laughs> <laughs> um, but she, you know, she convinces both of them, and she's also she's so keyed in on Mulder. Yeah. Can I already? Can I read a quote from a listener, Rachel yeah, Noble please. Fields? What a cool name, by the way. She says, Scully's very gentle and astute when she questions him about seeing his sister. She doesn't have Samantha fatigue yet like she will in Obliette in the third season. That's parenthetical. She continues with saying, and Mulder opens up to her right away, which says a lot about their relationship even at this early stage. And the cut from that scene right to the sterile autopsy room where Scully's sharpening her knives is nicely done. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, man. It's like that. I thought that, I thought that that's good stuff from Rachel regarding this very gentle right bringing up this this whole thing with the sister you saw her like yeah. she's nice she's quiet soft spoken about it not accusatory she's not judgmental she's always way more empathetic in dealing oh with Mulder than, he, than Mulder. he's a he's a Mulder. broken toy man <laughs> he's a fucking robot toy man I don't know what his problem is oh, 100% don't discount the yeah. power of suggestion a healer's yeah. greatest magic, Josh, lies in the patient's willingness to believe. Oof. Yeah, I like that. And uh, one we, uh, I just want to go back because we just talked about it, but there was a great comment about <laughs> exactly what we're talking about from Stephanie Joy Bully. Um, I thought it was weird that since this was shortly after Scully's dad's death, he didn't come up at all. But after, <laughs> uh, but Mulder's <laughs> sister did. That's really good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Speaking of empathy, <laughs> <laughs> your dad just died. 
No. It's all about <laughs> my lost sister. Uh, that's really good. My sister has disappeared. Hey, nobody cares about um, your dumb sister. Yeah. Scully's <laughs> dad was pretty rad, though, so. <laughs> Starbuck. That's really good. Um, Yeah, so Scully's on point here. Cellular hypoxia, I heard. We get into it. This is a... BP pointed this out as well. First on-screen autopsy. No, no shit. Of, of dozens to hundreds that <laughs> we will come to see. <laughs> I wonder how many um, minutes of footage you would have if you strung every episode's uh, every autopsy together in one continuous YouTube clip of just autopsy yeah. footage of just her handling organs and yeah. sharpening knives <laughs> it would be and making awesome, cuts. Awesome, dude! Some Jeffrey Dahmer dude at home would be jerking off watching it. <laughs> <laughs> it must be a lot. Uh, probably not dude. as long as you think, though. And you think you could get thirty minutes out of it? Two hours. Two hours. Two hours over 11 <laughs> seasons? Awesome. That makes it yeah. so much better. I, I, I clearly will bow to your X-Files knowledge in this. That's I, Dude, I'm pulling it out of my ass. Dude, I don't two know. hours is amazing. Well, just think about it, dude. There's there's two movies and there's 200 oh, true, fucking true. like 30 episodes. God damn. So if you, if you average, if you average like under a minute per episode, like 40 seconds an episode in autopsy, you get fucking... No, wait. 30 seconds. Under 30 seconds an episode. Okay. And you get yourself two hours of autopsy footage. Ooh, that's a lot. I think that's believable. I'm in. I I want to see the super cut. Get on it, you fucking (laughs) internet wizards. (laughs) Uh, In the jailhouse uh, now? Yeah. I'm going to go to the jailhouse. (laughs) Jailhouse. He's in the jailhouse now. Hypoxia, arsenic, something like that, cyanide, whatever. You think Samuel is a, a cyanide expert? Or do you think mm. the scar dude in all black is? <laughs> <laughs> well. Yeah. Mulder doesn't, for sure. No. He doesn't buy Samuel. He tells him. But do you poison there? You know, Samuel has a line here that I like. Whatever the cause, I am responsible. That's a very deep sentence. Yeah, that's that's a true believer kind of fucking shit. Right. It is. It's a true believer. He knows that all of this hoopla that surrounds this, that no matter what it is, I know that it's come about as of me and what I've done. Yeah. And that's something you just can't argue with. Right. It's outrageous and yeah, and ludicrous. And I would tell him he is chain. wrong. I would say, you're wrong, young man. And we can argue this. But there's you're no gonna, point. Right. You're going to do fucking 40 to life. <laughs> Yeah. In Mississippi, bro. Hell yeah, dude. Or Tennessee or wherever the fuck Tennessee. you are. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then he, he Samuel almost gets not flippant, but he kind of gets a little a little funky with Mulder. The Lord right? testified against me. But when Mulder starts digging, oh. starts digging for all he cares about, yeah. fucking Samantha, was she real? Is she alive? Did you make it appear to me with some kind of trick? A trick of the devil. Mulder just fucking storms out. He says with a question mark. And yeah, he storms the fuck out of there. I'm like a pouty little bitch. Yeah. He doesn't like these not getting answers from this young man. Because he yep. can't argue with that biblical rhetoric, can he? Nope. It's a tough one. But he does and, tell Daniels uh, that you don't have the right fucking guy. And if you want to solve this actual homicide, your suspect is still at large. And then Sam is murdered in his jail cell by blunt force trauma. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, man. <laughs> by the sleaziest looking cop I've ever fucking Oof. seen. 
boy. How many poor young ladies has he pulled out of the fucking car? Dude, I uh, I recently did uh, an episode on Decipher Sci-Fi. Have you seen Doom? The movie Doom? I don't think the I The Rock have. and Carl Urban? Well, there's a dude who's actually, he's uh, he's in a few other things you'd know. He's in Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't recognize him because he plays the... Um, the king of the uh, the White Walkers or whatever, so he's all like, oh, right on, make up, make up, up. But he is the sleaziest motherfucker, and he might as well be a body double for this guy. No shit, right here. Yeah, um, yeah. They just let a couple guys in the cell. This is this is a bridge too far. I think. Yeah, when it would he, take a he, lot of convincing to get me to see this any other way other than outrageous. Especially when the cop, like other prisoners, can see it. It, the, the other prisoners can see it. You, they're not in prison, by the way. Like you, they're in a jail. That's cell. what I'm saying. And, and if you drill down on this, once Internal Affairs gets a hold of this, because guess what? They're gonna. They're coming. By the way, the DA is going to send them over to you for whatever fucking county you're in, and they're going to look into this and they're going to go, "What happened here?" And the biker's going to be like, "The cop made me kill these guys." <laughs> which, yeah. which, just or, that is unrealistic. If you you picked up bikers on DUIs and convince them to murder a kid. Because you know bikers, <laughs> those savages. Uh, I don't want to. I don't want that second DUI. Fuck this. This one's a three year suspension. <laughs> uh, uh, oh, I guess uh, I'll fucking murder this preacher's kid, and then they'll let me out, right? <laughs> what the fuck? It's outrageous. So, what, what, so was the sheriff then going to fucking kill these guys too, and then kill everyone <laughs> else in the fucking jail that witnessed it? <laughs> Sheriff's got fucking fourteen bodies. Oh, and then he's going to kill his deputies that he had to. Dude, it. you just see some, this like he's going to do some fucking Genghis Khan shit. <laughs> you just see this night shot of a fallow cornfield and the fucking sheriff <laughs> sitting in a backhoe, and he's just like, God, I made such a big mistake. <laughs> There's like holes everywhere. <laughs> he's just dumping all these poor bastards in there. Uh, yeah, Samuel laid hands on uh, my entire uh, yeah, my crazy entire huh? force. And, yeah, they're all yeah, <laughs> weird, weird. No one's gonna look into this, dude. This kid got murdered in a jail cell by bikers on DUIs. What are you gonna do when they say no? We didn't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and with with one of the most influential people in your county. Yikes. Right? Like, this isn't just some fucking kid. This isn't some drifter. Exactly. You're not knocking off John Rambo. Hey, also, white as fuck. <laughs> You're so <laughs> fucked. Tennessee, get your shit together. Yeah. Yeah, it's not good. It's not good for the show. A white, blonde, cute boy? Really? Dude, why? Uh, why? Your motivation is that high to kill him? Why? I know. If they could, they they could have gone deeper on this and and made him disappear in a real nefarious way instead of a jailhouse beatdown. It would have been probably kind of neat, but yeah, ugh, the execution just wasn't there. Yeah, and then yeah, so Hartley shows up, the Reverend shows up, and he's all bent out of shape about it, but not that bent out of shape. Somebody whose son was just murdered mm. in a jail cell. And Vance is kind of shepherding him away, and then. uh can we kind of graze through this crazy fucking investigation because it's so silly? <laughs> the whole fucking... The courtroom? <laughs> the fucking case of the lost grasshopper. <laughs> this is some it's Nancy fucking, Drew shit. Hey, dude, I expected... Hey, real quick. <laughs> I expected them to go on the ceiling and be like, like all these Irish dudes fell through the vent because they let them on with potatoes. 
<laughs> dude, it was so dumb at a point. I was like, are they going to pick it up and be like, most of these are actually rubber. These weren't even real grasshoppers. Let's get out of here, Scoob. <laughs> <laughs> if you unmask it, it's just a regular ant. I know. I know. It's really funny. A fucking shrill of potatoes. <laughs> Come on. You got a bunch of fucking Feeny and Mix crawling around up there eating the potatoes. <laughs> That's so fucked up. I love it. It's dumb. Oh, hey, it's dumb. It's dumb. But it gets them out to the mansion. Yeah, fuck for it. For a big showdown. Yeah, fuck it. And here's another problem. An over-reveal when we don't need it. Yeah, they didn't need to do this investigation. What they could Well, not just the investigation. What, I'm, what we're about to get into. Samuel appearing as a glowing fucking light. Right. I, I, I have a thought about that. I don't know if it's a good one. but it's, well, it's, well, here's my thought is you cut it differently. I'm sorry. I'm interrupting. No, go for but it. But show it in a way where it could have, like, we could have believed this was Samuel actually alive. Like, don't show it when we know 100% he's fucking dead and cast him in a glowing, like... Jesus light? A glowing... Yeah, don't Jesus light. Yeah, they got the Jesus light on him. Make it weird. Make it, like, him show up and kind of confront him and then say some... Say some biblical shit. Like, that's cool. Right. And then be gone. And then later we find out Samuel's dead. And you don't know if it, you know, like that's cooler than like oh you know what I so, kind of took it as wow man he so is he ugly. was Jesus yeah so so kinda so here's what I was thinking and this was at this point in the episode because I forgot he he left the morgue I was thinking isn't this kind of cool and in a bit poetic that that in you know we can talk about Vance is like finally he's dead but I feel all this guilt about it and you know there's something to be said about maybe you you know you 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 plot this person's demise for so long. And then when you finally get it, it drives you to your own suicide. That's kind of like Shakespearean to me, but it, I thought, wouldn't it be cool if, and I don't know if they say this explicitly and I might've missed this, but he just drank cyanide. Cause he's like, I'm going to off myself and he's dying and shaking and shivering and is spiking and his fucking cells are dying. I can imagine him imagining he's seeing in these moments, this delirium of seeing this kid and, and this being this weird poetic justice of, of, of that, not literally he's flying around as a spirit, you know? Okay. I didn't know how to but take they, it. They do it backwards, though. Right. Same thing. So, like, both of us are kind of saying the same thing. Like, make it make it more uncertain. Sure. Right? Sure. Yeah. But then when they when you know he left the slab, then you're like, oh, so was that? Because at the end, I go, oh, then he really was in the room. If, if his body's but gone. But it's a lot of Jesus light. It's a lot of Jesus. Quite <laughs> a, a little love in your heart, son. <laughs> anyway, he is the son of a preacher, man. He sure is. Well, yeah, yeah. So Vance is a arch villain, but he kills himself, so it's fine. Yeah. And then they go to the morgue, and Samuel walked the fuck out of there. He, he did. He took off. And then, and then here's another thing: like the whole, you know, semi epilogue like the pre-epilogue where... Oh, hers, yeah. Where they, you know, they go, we're at the sheriff's house and um, his wife is reading the paper. I didn't understand this entirely. So here's what I think, and here's what I think would be fucking cool, and I kind of went on a tangent about it earlier, but she's reading about it and she's like, this is the one you were talking about, the one that was a, a fraud, you know, he, he, was, he was this awful fake. 
and she's like, wait, was he not a fake? And she starts crying based on, and I th- yeah, based on I the think article. <clears throat> what we're, what we, what they want us to believe or, or feel here is that she always wondered about this kid and the sheriff, her, her, her husband told her that it was a fraud. It was a sham. I'm not taking you to him. And now she sees, or she, believes that it was actually real, that he was a healer, that he could have helped her in what she had. Yeah, because you got to th- imagine that this lady, here's talk in the town, man. Like, does she stay inside all day? Does she not have a sewing circle? Or, well, I don't know how, how well she can sew. Hard, hard, hard to sew those bitter roots. You know fingers. what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, a bitter root. That was my penis in high school. Um, <laughs> but... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Oh, too much? Christ. A little too much. But, <laughs> but um, like, she's got to hear the talk around town, man. Right. But, but I mean, this is where I'm saying, like, here is where there might have been an interesting motivation. Sure, for the sheriff. Outside like, of, I don't like that blonde boy. I'm going to murder him <laughs> in a cell with bikers. You mean that one? Yes. <laughs> that sounds silly to say out loud. Oh, but P.S. I'm not the real villain. That other guy was, yeah. but oh, I'm also kind of a villain because I fucking murdered that guy in a cell. I definitely the bigger spikers. villain, man. You took the healer from the world. I mean, once Vance yeah. is out, this dude's curing if cancer. You, yeah, yeah. You kind of fucked up, Sheriff. Well, but you know, Dean, as I've gotten older, my perspective has changed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting more and more on Total Planet Earth, Dean. <laughs> And Planet Earth says the less people, kind of the better, the more manageable. I got you. So yeah, I got you. So maybe guy more cyanide. Might, Go Vance. Guy, it might be on the team of the sheriff. <laughs> team Vance. Team. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, Drink specifically Pepsi, team Josh. sheriff. Drink the Pepsi. Yeah. Anyway, DA got some question for you. And uh, our actual epilogue is Mulder and Scully as they break down the revival and. Mulder says something about people make themselves see what they want to see. Indeed. And that that ties into the whole Samantha thing. So that that might be a maybe a window for maybe he actually wasn't seeing her, but unfortunately the episode has shown us her so obviously. Yeah. Instead of what what you described being a little bit more you know cyanide induced. Uh, yeah, or, or well, well, specifically in talks of of Samantha, like making oh, oh, it a little right. less obvious. You Got know? it. Yeah. Well, they see yeah, the vampire uh, again. They drive off. They see the upside down and the right side a poster Prince of Samuel. I thought that was kind of weird and interesting. I was like, "Ooh, what's that about? Was there a meaning in one of them upside down, one of them right side up?" I, 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 I didn't write anything. I wasn't smart enough know, if I, they were going for I, something there. I, I liked it. I thought like it was like something like. Like maybe some people are still there believing. Maybe some people aren't. Yeah, could maybe, be that. You know, maybe he brought good and evil to the world yeah. unintentionally. The duality of the man. Anyway. You have a peace sign and born to kill on your helmet. <laughs> <laughs> you better unfuck yourself. Well. So that's Miracle Man. That's it. Boy. Boy, did we uh, really beat around the bush on this one. I it was think. fun. I liked it though. Yeah. Do you have anyone else you want to read? Uh, I got one. All right, go for it. Monica Mistakis Rock. I probably said that wrong. Um, this Mistakis. episode has always been something of a seesaw for me. The plot falls between Joyce predictability and slightly trite. 
The reveal that the burn man was the killer was not a surprise, but as a welcome, as his motivations do add purpose to the story. I find Mulder's visions of his sister to be a bit out of place, but they are not completely unwelcome, as they do work to further Mulder's motivations that help lead us into the heavy mythology episodes that come later in the season. All that said, I do like this episode. I really enjoy Samuel's character and how his struggle for agency and control over his power plays on a sense of morality. Scott Barstow, Barstow? Sure. Uh, does a good job portraying him too. It isn't an episode that attempts to do too much, and I can respect that. Overall, it is a solid episode. I like um, I like what she said, yeah. and um, I think you know that I definitely agree with some of the things in particular, and then obviously I had a couple bugaboos up my ass. Yep. Up my ash on a couple of them. There you go. Good stuff. And I just want to give myself a big pat on the back for actually remembering to uh, post something for listener comments. Yeah. Because we got a bunch Danny of Fouch, uh, yeah. Danny Fouch is very happy with you. Yeah, well done. Good for me. Well done. Um, Do you have anything you want to read? Yeah, Stephanie Joy Boulay. Okay, so I just saw this one last week and it was pretty good. I thought it was weird that since this was shortly after Scully's... Oh, wait, we did that one. Most of it. We kind of did most of it. Um, Matt Conrad's is kind of kind of hilarious. It's just a, a quick nod as to this fucking guy kept me alive. He should have let me die as I was burning to death. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Why are you making me live like this, essentially? That was really funny. <laughs> um, like you, you bring a burn victim back to death and he's like... Oh! <laughs> I'm very badly burned. Yeah. yeah. Um, final thoughts on Miracle Man. So here's my final thoughts on it. It still is easy for me to watch. I don't know why, dude. Even even with the logical inconsistencies and the question mark, marks which, which hang above it, I find it an easy watch. Whereas others, I would be less inclined to watch. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I would watch this again. And, and, and I was thinking, these were my final thoughts at the beginning. They haven't really changed. But I was hoping that I could define why better. Like, when we opened the episode, I said this was easy to watch, right? Kind of like it's easy to listen to Dusty Springfield's song. And, 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 I, and I think I know why. I think it's because of the plot. And I think it's because they do a good job of kind of putting you at this place. Uh, not the plot. <laughs> the performances is what I'm trying to say. Um, I think that's what makes it easy to watch for me. Um, it's definitely not a chart topper. Don't get me wrong. And I and now that we've got to the bottom of the Arley Emery, Emery, Jesus Christ, field Ermy. tent connection, that I think there's probably stuff there that I might have been anticipating that wasn't here in this one in the old X X Files blender brain that I routinely uh, suffer from, sir. But, man, it's fine. And you want me to yeah. lay it on you? I liked it. Liked it. Yeah. Hey, spoiler alert, I liked it too. <laughs> there you, go. you know, it wasn't as, uh, like I said in the beginning, <clears throat> I think I think what kind of rattled me was that there was some stuff here that I, I kind of jumped at a lot more. Like, I remembered a good bit of this episode, and like I said, I had a brief disconnect about, oh, was it tied to like a couple of those other right, creature right, ones, right. Arlie Yermy and the Rain Man and like any of that shit? Nope. Okay. Um, but I remembered a lot of it, and I liked a lot of it, but there was a couple things, especially some of the shit with Scully here, a couple of her line deliveries, and I am a sucker for for Scully's, Scully's faith is 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 just one of the most intriguing through lines in the in the show for me. So there's a couple times when I really want like them to do more and and some of the some of the big stuff I talked about in the beginning I'm kind of just reiterating but some of the reversals they do with the 
this whole portrayal of of the church and the and the the sheriff as the ally and then he's not um and and the great performances there's there's a lot here to like and then i just kind of get hung up on some real real fucking silly shit right. with the actual motivations of the bad guys and when you get down to the nitty gritty but if you don't dig for it just sit back and it's a fun one for sure yeah um i like it next time sir <clears throat> next time we get something different for we you got something different for you yeah, we dropped um we dropped something in um in the X Files uh group on Facebook early, I think pretty much at the beginning of the season, and we had an idea to do something a little different, um, which is to do a commentary episode. Yep. And we put five episodes up to vote and uh shapes one. And I I definitely weighted that vote with five of the not as strong episodes and thinking that the ones that we might have uh, less uh, less critical things to say about might be more enjoyable. But um, Dean, do you want to tell everybody about what a uh, what the fucking commentary episode's all about? I'd be happy to. Well, it's going to be shapes, right? <clears throat> it is, and yes. And a commentary episode is in the spirit of Mystery Science Theater three thousand. So what we're going to do is we are going to actually watch an episode. And we're going to discuss it as we watch it. So it's going to be very, very different from a normal episode. Um, some people won't like it, and some of you will. Some of you will be indifferent to it, um, just as a warning, because the, the conversation just will not be as, dare I say, involved. It will be us responding and reacting to things on the screen. There will be moments of dead air, things of this nature. As we watch this episode together, like fucking goofballs, and um, and commenting on what we see, making jokes about it. And uh, what we'll do is we'll say, okay, get ready to push play in the episode. We'll say three, two, one, play. You guys will push play at the same time we push play. And presumably you'll be listening to our podcast while you watch the episode and we'll be commenting on things almost like we're all kind of watching it together, which is very much a Mystery Science Theater 3000 knockoff. It's exactly what we're going to be doing. Now, sometimes when we do this, we let the track just, we let the episode audio play in the background Sadly, we can't do this because of the way we're publishing these episodes. We will probably open with a clip and let it play so you can sync up your audio, and then we'll do like one or two check-ins throughout the episode. Um, But just for copyright issues, we got to be careful of stuff like that. We don't want to get the episode pulled or the whole fucking podcast pulled. That would suck. And um, and yeah, we're going to just kind of talk about it. So it'll be a shorter app. It'll probably be only about 50 minutes or so. We'll have a little preamble like we're doing right now. We'll push play. We'll all watch together, make dumb jokes, enjoy it or not enjoy it. I'm sure we'll enjoy it no matter what. And um, and that will be that. And it's just going to be a little something out of the ordinary for us, change up the format for us. Nothing we're going to do regularly. We're going to go back to our normal format, but this is something that Josh thought would be fun, and I happen to agree, and uh, here we are. We're going to be doing it next week. So there there it is. Yeah. Hey, do you remember anything about Shapes, buddy? Uh, it's it's my people. It, it's your people in two ways. Yeah. Werewolves Native and Native Americans. Americans. And <laughs> 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 so it's probably it. the best X Files episode ever, right? Probably. If I'm yeah. being honest, is there a better episode than this? <clears throat> no, I don't think I don't so. Think so. Um, but yeah, it's something something different. I'm just trying out and uh, fun. just have fun with. And I do have uh, I have a couple other ideas. I haven't even talked to Dean about, but there's a couple things I want to do as we get towards the end of season one. Have uh, I have a couple inspirations that are. Uh, that I'll reveal. Awesome. As we 
get closer. And I do want to I do want to do one thing. Actually, we've been talking about the Facebook group. <clears throat> I want to shout out a, a couple things on there. Um, we've had a, a, a good handful of new members join recently, and uh, some really cool new comments. Uh, actually, one comment you read today uh, from Stephanie Belay. She posted. Um, she just fucking started watching the X Files. Like cool. she'd never watched yeah. it. And she's now starting to watch it, and she looked for a podcast about it, and she found ours. And for whatever reason, she didn't fucking unsubscribe immediately because because she's a because she's a person and knows <laughs> like what jokes are and stuff. But <laughs> I'm like, that is so fucking cool. Very cool. And uh, I also want to give a shout out to Matt Conrad, who has been doing something very cool, completely unbidden, and he's been posting uh, every day of October a a monster of the day. Yeah. Or he's posted a screenshot and a cool little write-up from from an episode of a Monster of the Week from anywhere in the X Files um, season, the whole series, um, and that's been that's been fun, been a cool little conversation starter. I like that shit. So uh, yeah, if you want to check that out, go to uh, it's facebook.com slash groups slash LSG on X Files, or just go to Facebook and look up LSG Media, and you'll find uh, the X Files one. Indeed. But, I'm going yes, to quote Mulder, and then I'm going to have you sign us out. Mulder says, people, Josh, are looking hard for miracles. Sometimes they make themselves see what they want to see. Mmm. Ain't that the truth? All right, well, you guys have a wonderful evening. We'll see you in a couple of weeks with our commentary on shapes. Josh, tell these good people goodbye. God is here tonight. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>